On to a new RFM, it's time to talk travel for our sponsor, Travel on King. Sally Lucas joining me, Jan Klein. And today we're looking at why you should use a travel agent or could use or can use a travel agent. We're also going skiing at interesting resorts like Perisher and some other ski resorts around the world. And we'll head off to South Africa. And Sally Lucas, travel agents, why do we need them? Why do you need us? Okay. Well, this was an interesting article, Jane, and it's sort of headed with all hail to travel agents. Critics suddenly heap on praise. So the occupation of the travel agent was seen by some as heading for um, extinction, I guess, under the relentless advance of the internet. But it's suddenly gathering a lot of praise again, and the age of the agent, they're saying, may have just finally arrived. Well, I think it's always been there. But anyhow, there you go. I'm biased. Um, increasingly, apparently, media analysts are switching back on hailing agents as a way of saving money and getting the best deals without hassle, worry and risk. And guess why you'd say, well, how does that happen? Well, we use the internet too, don't forget. So instead of the client having to go through the absolute nightmare sometimes and rigmarole of searching for something, we can often get to it quicker because we're using it all the time. So we can search out the best deals for you. And so quite, we had an occasion the other day, for example, Jane, where someone had gone on to one of the websites and said, oh, look, I can get a fare for such and such, you know, to to Europe. And they thought it was a business class fare, but it was actually a combined half economy, half business, but there was no indication that that was the case. So, and then it ended up, you know, that it wasn't as cheap as the person thought. So it can be fraught with problems, and I guess that what we're trying to say is that's what we're there for, to make your travel as easygoing, as easy-flowing, without hassles, without concerns, and, you know, you've got us to fall back on then as well. So it's interesting just to see that article come out in, in the praise of us for a change, which is which I think is wonderful. It's always nice to receive praise, isn't it? <laughs> yes, isn't it indeed? Um, another really quite interesting bit, Jane, I thought this was quite amazing, a world-first touring product to debut on Sydney's roads and harbour. AAT, AAT Kings have just released details of a new hover coach touring product. Now, I think there's one hover in London, coach. isn't there, where, you, where it goes on the Thames and it goes on land or something? Oh. I, I'm pretty sure. So it's a unique vehicle, obviously, which is apparently going to commence operation in Sydney later this year. So it'll allow AAT Kings to take its guests to Manly via road and then return via water. Back but to still key. stay in the same coach. Yes, a hover coach. <laughs> Excellent. So there you go. Isn't that interesting? I just thought I had to mention that. <laughs> and apparently the half-day tours, you know, they're going to be available for sale soon, um, but that'll start in late, late this year sometime. So watch mm. that space or watch this space. Also, you may have heard in the news, Jane, um, or read in the papers that Vale Resorts have announced the acquisition of Perisher Ski Resort in Australia at a cost of something like a bit under $180 million, hey? Just a drop in the bucket for Mm. Mr Packer. Well, I dare say he's spent a bit on it too. (laughs) I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. Um, Anyway, they've purchased 100% of the Perisher operating companies down there, which includes the the resort area known as Perisher, which is Smiggins Holes, as well as Guthica and and Blue Cow, etc. And it covers the resort's various ski school, lodging, food, beverage rental, retail, you know, the whole lot. But the, I guess the benefit is that they're effective immediately. They've reopened a, a season pass sale already um, for the upcoming season, which commences on the 6th of June. And there's going to be a Freedom Pass, which um, includes unlimited skiing at all the other Vale-owned resorts as well. Mm. So at Breckenridge, Keystone in Colorado, Park City and Canyons in Utah, 
North Star and Kirkwood in Lake Tahoe, and plus 10 free days of skiing at Vale and, ba- and Beaver Creek in Colorado. So that's a plus for any ski nuts out there. So normally when we think of ski season, we think of a few months over the winter time, but mm. you could just prolong it all through the year, couldn't you? <laughs> yes, <we're laughs> just follow wheat around. That's all you need to do. Um, a little uh, feather in Qantas's hat this week as well. Uh, it was awarded the Best Business Class Airline in the 2015 Luxury Travel Magazine Gold List Awards, which is, you know, done by all the readers. Of course, they have to list all the airlines and give them the, why they have, you know, selected that airline. So I thought, isn't that nice? And it covers all sorts of things like the food, the wine that's served on board, you know, the, the actual comfort of the, the business class layback bed, etc. So it's not nice to think Qantas, instead of getting all these brickbats, does get some bouquets occasionally as well, yes, I think. Indeed. And lastly, Jane, P&O have introduced what they're saying is goodbye to the buffet on the cruise vessels. Which used to be, I can remember when I first started cruising, you used to have a midnight buffet as well as the other. I mean, he ate so much, it was stupid. Anyhow, this is exclusive to P&O, and it's, they're saying it's going to be a brand new fun food experience like nothing you've ever seen on a cruise before. So there's going to be a range of different food outlets that you can choose to go to. Uh, for example, there'll be one called the Sweet Taste of Success, where it's serving fresh-made waffles and all sorts of cakes and pastries and so on. Then there's one called Fun Between the kettle and the bun, soup, salad or a sandwich, the Mexicana, um, then they've got sticks, which is S-T-I-X spelt with chopsticks, is the X, uh, Far East food, there's one called Curry On Curry House, Hooks Fish and Chips, there's a grill of course and a hamburger place as well, so you can choose to go to any of those and, you know, it's, it's a different thing for cruising to do actually, isn't it? They've just, they do keep changing and evolving with how they present their food and I thought that's, and P&O, like, you're not, we're not talking about like, Five star like Silver Sea or you know Seaborn. We're, we're talking about family style cruising, so this is going to be wonderful for kids that they can just rock up to one of those outlets and you know choose for themselves, I guess as well. So mm. you had lunch yet? No, I'm hungry too, mm. and I just smelled Kev Kellaway having a chicken snitty sandwich. And oh, it, yum! Do it smelled nice? <laughs> On to NURFM, 21 past one, and we're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel On King and Sally Lucas. South Africa, no, there's plenty to talk about there. There really is, Jane, and it is quite a few years since I've been, but I've recently been looking at some beautiful photos. A couple of friends have travelled there recently and, you know, just brought back all those wonderful memories of some beautiful sunsets and, and the diversity that South Africa has to offer. And it's a very safe country these days as well to, to travel around as in, in South Africa. I think when people hear Africa now, they're hearing all these horrible things up north in, in the east of Africa, but South Africa is fine and you're still getting a good rate of exchange with the rand to the Australian dollar. So it, it's quite an inexpensive country as well as far as you're eating and, you know, drinking and sort of getting around and shopping and so on. And as so I said, it, it is very diverse because I guess it's more renowned for its national parks, particularly Kruger is such a huge national park. And within that, that national park, there are different game, smaller game reserves within that reserve, if you know what I'm saying, within that national park. And you can stay anywhere, like your accommodation there can be anywhere from like budget style camping right through to glamping to your really glamorous tents or to rondevelles as they call them, which is, you know, your, your huts. And there's nothing nicer than at night you're lying there or like, some people mightn't think it's nice, but and you're hearing the animals at night or you hear monkeys or lions roaring or elephants trumpeting. And, you know, it's, it's just the, I guess that's why we get attracted 
most of us to South Africa to start with is the, you know, the Big Five, as they're known. And it was only interesting that I didn't realise why they were called the Big Five other than size, of course. Now, if you don't know what the Big Five are, of course, you've got lions, elephants, buffaloes, rhinos and leopard. They're, they were considered the Big Five. And so why were they called the Big Five? Well, they were hunted, unfortunately, as we know, by the so-called great white hunters in the 19th and early 20th centuries, which, of course, you know, you're not allowed to do supposedly anymore, though some of it, as we know, with poaching still happens. Um, and it was a rite of passage, you know, to, to get one of these incredible animals and have it as a trophy on your the head of the trophy, as you know. But they became known as the Big Five because they were the five most dangerous animals to actually hunt on foot, as a lot of the hunting was done in those days. Though these days, I think the only shooting is done with a camera lens, or certainly only should be. Um, and the other interesting thing is uh, why they have the white rhino and the black rhino. And a lot of people think, well, you know, why is it called white? It's not white. But apparently when they, it was first seen, I think it was the Dutch, they have a word that sounded like white, but it meant it had a wide mouth, and everyone thought they were saying white, and so that stuck. So it's the largest of the two rhinos, and then you've got the black rhino, which is smaller, and that's the really endangered one. There's very few of those left. Um, however, when we went to, uh, even though we went to East Africa last time I went, we saw both the black and the white, which as it was remarkable. Actually, you see the black rhino, I was, I was so impressed. Um, now, the buffalo is considered a very dangerous animal as well, and it says don't be fooled by its appearance. It's moody and one of the most dangerous if you're on foot. It can go at very fast speed over a short you know, period, and it can equal to hitting, they say, if it, the impact, if, if it hits something, was like a car hitting a wall at 50 kilometres an hour. Mm. Um, you don't want it to be you. <laughs> no, but having said that, I don't want to scare you off. Of course, you're quite within, with, with rangers and you're within enclosed vehicles at all when you're obviously doing this. And what people have to remember, though, it isn't a zoo, Jane. A lot of them, we've seen, you know, some other tourists from other countries go to get out of vehicles and the guides are nearly beside themselves, you know, getting them back in, saying, no, you can't get out. You know, there are certain rest areas where you are allowed out, of course, but, I mean, generally, if you're in an open-top vehicle or whatever, you must remain within the vehicle. So it's not like going to Dubbo? No, it's definitely not like going to Dubbo, but it's five times better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because the animals are there in their natural environment. Well, that's what I mean. And, you know, when you see a family of elephants or a pride of lions and just watch and observe them, you know, or the lemurs. I I get fascinated by lemurs. They're just quaint little creatures, aren't they? Um, But... The thing with Africa is it's surrounded by like the Indian and the Atlantic Oceans. You've got Cape Town with Tabletop Mountain, which is just, if you go up there to the top, the the view is just magnificent. The garden route along the bottom, which goes from roughly from Durban all the way around, is very beautiful, which is why it's called the garden route. Nysner is a lovely place to stay. Oatsorn is where you can go to the ostrich farm, and they'll make you up an ostrich omelette, or then you can watch jockeys with all their colours on riding the ostriches around a racetrack. Some really different things you can do. You've got the Drakensberg Mountains, uh, Pretoria is the capital, which some people don't realise, they think it's Johannesburg, but Pretoria is your capital, which is to the north. Um, and then you've got, of course, on the border, if you want to just get a little bit out of South Africa, you should always go and see the wonderful, of course, falls. How could you not see Vic Falls, I think, once you're that close. You'd have to include that as well. And you've got lovely train travel within Africa. You've got the blue train which travels between Pretoria and Cape Town or the Rovos which takes in some other areas as well. You've got self-drive options, touring options, camping options, you know, and it's a very temperate climate, very similar to us. Uh, as you can read, if you look at it on a map, of course, it's a very similar latitude and longitude to, to us. And then you've, you're just surrounded by this wonderful ocean. It does get a lot of wind in Cape Town, as you can imagine, with Cape 
and the Cape of Good Hope, of course, is renowned for sailors either getting around it or not getting around it. But um, but a, a fantastic country, and the food is wonderful. They have lovely bries or barbecues they call bries. They have the langoustine, which is like a small lobster, and oh, they have just to die for. They're just beautiful. And the wine, and the wine is very inexpensive and good quality. It's considered one of the top wine-growing areas of the world around that Dutch province area of Cape Town. Port Elizabeth is renowned for its surfing and all its surfing beaches, and of course you can always go and um, swim with the great white sharks. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if you so desire. Well, thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news for our sponsor, Travel On King, on to a new RFM.